God bless you. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're all here. Um, just, I'm so encouraged. I'm so excited about what God's doing um, just within us and really within me and how God is speaking at this time and speaking to us through worship and your interaction and worship. And, you know, this is pretty deep stuff that we're doing up here on stage on Sunday mornings. It's not three songs and a, and a snack. Um, it is worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we are looking and I'm expecting um, supernatural uh, things to happen because God's a supernatural God. And when he comes, he moves supernaturally. And he makes a way for the ways that you can't make. He makes a way, a way where the world can't make it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've been talking about foundations from Hebrews chapter 6. And let's just read that real quick. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance... From dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Let me stop for just a second. Again, it says, move on from these. But we are staying here for a moment because we must lay a foundation. If you don't, what foundation are you building on? So he's not saying just to put this aside. He's saying, no, lay this foundation and then begin to build on it. Don't continue to lay the foundation your whole life. Lay the foundation and begin to build on it. So on Wednesday nights, we've been taking each one of these topics to try to break them down even more, but it's still not enough for you to lay your foundation. You have to lay your foundation. That's not the call of the church. That's the call of you. You must lay the foundation. And it's not enough on Sunday mornings to lay the foundation. You've got to lay the foundation. So I want to encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. It is so dynamic. It's so fun. Our group, we've been in the group uh, teaching on repentance. And I'm telling you, the Lord is just giving me revelation every single time we meet. And it's incredible. Um, really, I think that my scope of what I thought repentance was, was too small. God began to reveal to me how much bigger and how much more understanding there was from repentance. And you would say, uh-oh, that must mean it's hard. No, actually, it was easier. I've made it, I've made it hard. God's way is not hard. That's how he can do it through me. If it were hard, it would count me out. But sometimes we make it hard. We put too much on our shoulders, and God's like, wait a minute, you've missed the whole heart of what repentance is. Because repentance in itself makes you feel, uh-oh, I want to run from that. No, it's just the opposite. We want to run to it. The prodigal came back. The dad ran to him. Repentance is an incredible moment. But we miss it. So we've already talked about repentance. Two weeks ago before Teen Challenge came, we began to talk on faith, and I've got to hit faith one more time today. Again, I'm not trying to build the whole foundation of faith in you today. I'm trying to get you started, trying to get that seed to be planted so that you will begin to dig and to learn and to lay a foundation of repentance and of faith. The next week will be on baptisms. That's where we're going next week, Miss Linda. Those that like to know where we're going next week, it'll be on baptisms. 
But today, we're going to wrap up on faith. And last time, we talked about the definition of faith. Today, we're going to talk about God and faith. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is what? To what? It is impossible. No matter how hard you try, no matter how great you are in the things that you are doing, no matter how great those things are, it's impossible to please God without faith. And I want to tell you, that is godly faith. That's not some messed up definition you have of faith. That got really quiet. We must consider that we do not have the full grasp or understanding of any of these. I can tell you that my understanding of repentance was lacking. It's still lacking. That's the scary thing is, is once I start to feel like the Lord's starting to show me light, I realize how great God is and how little I know. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I've, I'm already wanting to get incredibly excited and fired up and really just kind of go where the Holy Spirit's leading me. But when I do that, I don't get to finish everything that's on my agenda. So we're going to finish faith today, but we're going to let the Lord teach us as we go. And whatever I leave out, we're just going to let that be left to God. That's me being OCD, and I can't hardly deal with my schedule. And I'm just telling you all up front, I'm probably not going to finish. But we're going to move on to baptisms next week. It's up to you to dig as the Lord gives you the heart, as the Lord puts the seed in your heart. Are you all with me? So, without faith, it is impossible. So these two phrases, without faith, it's impossible to please God, and he who comes to God must believe. We see from faith that this indispensable condition for approaching God and, and pleasing God which is what? We have to have faith to please him. And if we come to him, we must believe. But it doesn't just say that's it. For he who comes to God must believe. And he must believe. Okay, we must believe that he is. What does that mean? That he's God. That he is who he says he is. We must believe what his word says that he is. If his word says that he can restore your broken heart, we believe that and we follow accordingly. If we believe that God is my provider, if we believe that God is my healer, then when I get sick, you know, it doesn't say in scripture, when you get sick, go to the doctor first. It says, go up front, let the elders of the church lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now, I'm not against doctors. I go to doctors. Don't go down that weird road on me. But it says first, go to the elders of the church, let them lay hands on the sick, and according to God, the sick will recover. But going and getting hands laid on us, now I'm getting ahead of myself, is usually the last thing we do. We try ibuprofen, we try oregano, we try... I'm not kidding. There is oregano on this finger right here. I can still smell it. It's, I don't get it. The last thing I think of is to go and let the elders of the church lay hands on me and recover. 
faith says that's first. That's pleasing God. It's pleasing God for the, the elders of the church to lay hands on me and God heal me. That pleases God. But when I leave him last, last resort, I've tried everything I can. What's he saying? Why are you trying to save yourself? You can't. I'm here. Pick me first. Those who come to God must believe that he is. That's a huge blanket statement that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. It's not just enough to believe that he is. Many of you can quote the scripture, maybe even start to kind of believe, but when you really believe he's a rewarder, you get yourself under the faucet so that he can reward you. Expecting that when I get under the faucet, he's going to turn it on. This is our part. This is our part that we believe that he is and act accordingly, and that we believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I want to just add a little scripture that's going to hurt. Romans 14, 23 says, Whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is not from faith is sin. So this means that anything a person may do at any time, if it's not based on faith... God sees it as sinful. Now, I'm going to tie this all together, Lord willing. This applies to religious activities, even church attendance, even praying, singing hymns, worship songs, performing good deeds of charity. If these acts are not done through sincere faith toward God, they are not acceptable by God. God's more concerned with your heart than any outward expression you can do. If the heart's off, the other stuff's just a waste. Though it's so short and so simple, whatever's not from faith is sin, what's so important is that the only way to please God is through faith. So don't you believe as we build our foundation, faith must be at the forefront of what we're doing? If I want to please God, I must have faith. Again, you can see we need to get this foundation laid and live by faith so that we can start to build in faith. Are you with me? Habakkuk 2.4. Habakkuk 2.4. The just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. This word live, does it cover most of what we do? pretty much does, doesn't it? As a human being, we live the things that we do. The word says we shall live by faith. It's spiritual, physical, material, breathing, thinking, speaking, eating, sleeping, working. The just shall live by faith. I want you to know that if you will allow this to really sink in and you begin to build on this, your life, our nation will change. This is a nation changer if we learn to live by faith. Scripture teaches that for any person to be accepted as righteous by God, we must have this one principle of faith.
everything that we do should be filtered through, through faith. When we literally begin to live by faith, then God's possibilities become ours. God's capabilities become ours. The limit of what faith can receive is the limit only to what God himself can do. And in, in order to really comprehend man's faith in God, let's look at two statements. Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We are great at quoting that. But the piece that gets left out of that is with God through faith. If it's not through faith, it's not with God. Do you hear me? Faith. So we're going to tie this scripture to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So when we set these two statements together, with God, all things are possible, and all things are possible to him who believes, this means that through faith, God's possibilities become ours. Faith is the channel by which God's power, his omnipotence becomes available to man. And the limit of faith, of what faith can receive, is only the limit to what God can do himself. And I want you to, if you remember the definition of faith, faith is a substance. Faith is a substance. It's definite. It is objective facts. And what are these facts? What are these facts to faith? In the widest sense, faith is based on the Word of God. Period. Faith is based on the Word of God. Every statement, every promise in the Bible is a potential object of faith. We've already said that faith comes by the hearing of the Word of God, and faith therefore is based on everything that God's Word contains. So for the Christian, everything that is contained within the Word of God is potential power for you. If you can grasp this, you will become one of those who believes. The only way that you can fit this scripture, if you can believe, that belief is based on God's word. If you can believe in God's word so much so that it's requiring you to step into a place that you are completely uncomfortable and you don't know if you're going to fall or not, but you step anyway according to his word, you fit those that believe. But you must know his word. It must be in your heart, and you must step according to his word. The just shall live by faith. All who believe, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. There's nothing, I wish I had my Bible in my hand, there is nothing within the, the first page to the last page that's not available to me. 
the God of miracles is still the God of miracles. He hasn't changed. But if we look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not be with him also freely give us all things? All things that God possesses, all his blessings, all his promises are made available freely to each person who will receive them through faith through Christ's atoning death and his resurrection. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But many of you know this scripture. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Many of you can quote this, but I think somewhere in the back of your mind you don't believe it. Because you've not, you've not seen this. You're walking in with a poverty mentality. You're walking hurting. And it is because of us not lining up according to Scripture, according to our belief. Our belief does not match what it is that, that even sometimes we say out of our mouth. I can tell you one thing, but then do something else. Does anyone do that? I do. Tell one thing, but do something else. Your mouth is with me, but your heart is far from me. Your mouth says one thing, but your heart is far from me. See this in marriages. You can say the right thing, but when it comes to walking it out, completely absent, completely checked out, completely going a different direction. There's no difference than our walk with Christ. We know how to come into church and quote Scripture. But when it comes to our buttons being pressed, we don't follow it. Why? Because ultimately we don't believe. So, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The key to everything, the key to supply all my needs, the key is faith. Now, I want you to try to go down a road with me and and just think, God has already done everything. Everything has been done for us. Christ has died on the cross. That does not have to take place again. He has died on the cross for our sin. He has overcome death. We don't have to worry about death anymore. He has given us the power to overcome sin. You may be still struggling with sin. Well, I want you to know, when your faith kicks in, you are going to be able to overcome sin. The fact that you cannot shake that thing is because of a lack of faith. That sounds harsh. I don't mean it harsh. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to apologize for the gospel of Christ. He has given us the key to overcome the world. The key is faith. So again, let's imagine God has done everything. Everything I could ever need is stored up by God. And he has given us the key to access it. But we keep trying to access it our way. We keep doing our rain dances in our own home. I'm not kidding. When God says, I have the key. I have given you the key. I have paid the ultimate price for you to have the key to live an abundant life. Doesn't mean it's not going to rain. Doesn't mean challenges are going to come. But when those challenges come, I have the key to your provision for that challenge. The key, so let me stop just a second. Did y'all hear my voice crack? 
Me and my three girls went to the father-daughter date night last night and not only danced our booties off, but sang. None of us have a voice left. So when Ruth Ann had You Make Me Brave, she was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pull that one off? And then I did that So Will I song and I could hardly sing. But you know what? That's life. We are getting together and living life as a family and doing stuff. And then we come in here to give it to God and we're all, we're all wore out because of us living life together. That's, that's what should be happening when it comes to the body of Christ. We come in here to celebrate us giving it all we've got throughout the week. As a family... For Christ, we come in here just to celebrate. We don't come in here to fill our entire spiritual tank. That went on last night. As a family, we spent this quality time together. It's not while I'm preaching. It's while we're living life. So we've lost our voices. Ruthann's like, do I still need to sing that song? Yeah, sing it. Crack your voice. I don't care. Give it all you've got. If the rocks are going to cry out, God doesn't say, if you've got a good voice, if your horse don't cry out. Cry out. We're horse more than we're not. Do you hear me? We're weak more than we're strong. My God shall supply all my need. The key is faith. God says, I've given you the key. I've paid this incredible price for you. But you're trying to access it by your own key. And your key won't work. It will not work. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. There is no other way but Christ. So I want to give you three steps. I'm going to try to wrap this up in faith. First of all, before I even get to these steps, you have to believe And in order to believe, you have to know what you're believing. You must get in the Word. As Mark said this morning, the Word of God. We must know the Word of God. And as we follow the Word of God and God proves Himself true, you will begin to believe that God is faithful, that God is everything that He says He is. So as we begin to walk in faith, first of all, you've got to know, if, let's say, for instance, um, you get a bad report of your health. What do you do? Go to Scripture and find out what God says about your health. Go to Scripture and find out what God says about sickness. Because there are Scriptures in the Bible that talk about how to handle your sickness. So, go find the promise. Sometimes you can't find it on your own. You need help. That's why the body of Christ is here. Has anybody here ever had a sickness? Anybody here ever walked through it according to God's word? Okay, those of y'all that said yes, y'all need to help the others that haven't. When you followed God, did God show up? Amen. Second, fulfill the conditions attached. I'm going to catch up to that one and expect that they are working. Let me keep going. Faith in action. The secret of victory lies in knowing and applying the promises of God's word and expecting them to happen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of our expectation. 
Faith, knowing God's word and what he says, is the substance, the expectation of us truly believing that God will do what he said he will do. Are you with me? Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. It's wrong one. It says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. What does that mean? New Testament, if we were to rewrite this, it would say every promise that you have personally appropriated, I have given you. Every promise that's in my word that you have appropriated according to faith, I will give you. Everything that God has said he will do when we follow it according to his kingdom and his word and his spirit, he is obligated to fulfill it. Do you know the scripture? He is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. He is just waiting for you to appropriate his promise. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It really is. It's just about too good to be true. But God is faithful and true. So as I close about faith, this says, where you tread, God has given you authority wherever you go. There is no place that you can walk that you don't carry the authority of Jesus Christ with you. There's nowhere you can go that your authority doesn't go with you. The problem is we don't appropriate it. We don't use our authority. Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. It's easy to grab hold of the end. God's going to do it. But there are two pieces that we have to fulfill. Does anybody see it? Commit your way. Trust in him, and he will fulfill it. Now, there are those that like to, kind, of like to, kind of like to intellectually muck this up in that we wind up working for our, for our salvation. It's not it. But faith without works is dead. Works without faith is dead. When we commit our heart to the Lord and trust in Him, our works through faith produces God, what God's promises are. Do you follow me? When we do it with the wrong intention, with the wrong heart, when we leave God out of it, but we're doing some of the stuff that even it says to do, we miss it. Our belief is what's important. Our heart is what's important. I believe that when I'm moving in faith and my delivery is all messed up because I'm a messed up person, God blesses it anyway. He takes the broken and the hurting and the weak and he makes them strong. Somehow he supernaturally makes work out what I could not make work out. He uses me in my horrible delivery, in my personality, and I can be so brash and make these. Uh, someone's told me about these scarls that I make on my face, and I'm not thinking that at all. I just make these mean faces. But when God is moving, he overcomes me. When I genuinely handle myself according to God's word, my delivery gets 
corrected. Somehow my weird way of talking to you connects to your heart. Somehow the Sunday school teacher that has prepared and has prayed and has warred for you and they can't get it out, somehow still connects. Because God is an awesome God. And he works through us. He works through our brokenness. He doesn't walk, work through our strengths. He works through our weakness. So finally, three things again. Appropriating faith. Find the promise. Today is you need prayer. Today is you need help. You need to find a promise to stand on. And you may need somebody to help you stand on it. That's why we're here. Everyone here, has, someone here has been through something like what you've gone through. That's why we have the body. I've not been through everything you're, you're going through, but someone here has. Someone. That's how the body of Christ works. We are incomplete until the body of Christ comes together. Then we are complete. We are in need, but the body of Christ is a whole body. It's the whole body. Find the appropriate promise. Fulfill the conditions. Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He'll bring it to pass. What are you believing for? Are you believing for the impossible? When you get yourself lined up in faith according to God's word, the impossible becomes possible. The impossible. I know, I know some situations that to the, in the, to the world seems impossible. There is no way it can happen. Well, I'm sorry, that does not agree with my faith. The word impossible is not in the vocabulary of faith. Did God not create the universe just by speaking? Just by speaking. He holds the universe in the span of his hand. Can he not handle whatever little thing we're going through? It's time to appropriate our faith, fulfill the conditions, and claim what's yours. Do you know why it's mine? Because it's Christ's. It's mine because I'm his. He gave everything for me. He gave everything for me. As long as we fulfill the conditions in faith in God, the scope of what we can do lies within the scope of what God can do. You're about to walk out of here different. You have the choice of walking out of here different. What's laid before you is life and death. Choose life. Choose faith. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up with me.